That was pretty quiet as they left. That's pretty good. Maybe we should leave the fifth and sixth grade in here more often. You guys are rowdy, I guess. Um, <clears throat> well, as I said, I'm Chad Reisner, and I'm the executive pastor. And uh, so what that means is I'm not the regular guy. Uh, I am not the, the main guy. Jamie Miller is our senior pastor, and he is not here today. He is serving in one of our sister churches in Dallas, and he is preaching the word over there. And so we want to bless Dallas today. We sent a missionary over to Dallas to bless them in Jamie, and so I uh, hope that they're doing awesome today. So I get the privilege of bringing the word today, and um, I'm excited about that. Thank you. I was reminded uh, by a good friend of mine, Brian Brush, said, uh, hey, this is your first uh, new back sermon. I was like, that's right. That's right. I had back surgery in the fall, and, um, and I feel great, you know. God is so good in that, and 18 years, 18 years of pain and wondering what we were going to do about that, and God really took care of things. And uh, uh, we'll see if I set off a metal detector when I go through you know, at the airport. They say I, I shouldn't, but we'll see. Um, that would make it so much more fun for me. I enjoy that so much. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I'm just so thankful to be here at Christ Fellowship. And, um, you know, as I got, Jamie asked me to, to get ready for today, I, I began to just pray and ask the Lord, what would I share on? Thought about some of the things that I've gotten to share in the past. And, you know, I'm a pretty passionate guy. And I tend to share things about the heart. I tend to share things about what God is doing on the inside of us because he's done so much in me. Um, I want to encourage you guys that if God can do something with me, then he surely is going to use you because there was not a lot to work with here. You know what I'm saying? And when we see ourselves in the mirror, a lot of times that's what we see, don't we? We just see the lump of clay. But God in his infinite wisdom, has decided to do amazing things that show off his glory through each and every one of us. And it's amazing. And so as I began to seek the Lord, I said, you know, what would you have me share? What would we do? And I thought, is there anything that you've taught me? Have you, have you shown me anything? Is there anything uh, that, that, that really I've grown in, maybe? That would be cool, right? And so as I sought him, I, I really kind of began to hear... Uh, this word for today, really kind of from some of the stories of what the Lord has done in my life. And so I want to share some of that with you, and hopefully it'll be an encouragement and um, to, to continue to seek Him and, and look to Him. I'm going to talk about friendship with God today. And uh, as I jump into that, we're starting a new series. We just completed the Advent series, and Advent means coming or to come. And we studied in that time that Jesus was coming to us that he made a way to God that we had no other way. And he came to us at Christmas. And so now we step into a new season, right? This last year, we, it's a new year. It, it, I'm a pretty optimistic fellow, pretty positive. So I see a new year as a blank canvas. It's a great new opportunity. It's a new day. And I don't want to come today because I think there's some of us that are a little worried that we're going to talk about resolutions. We're going to talk about goal setting. Because if you know me, I'm a pretty active kind of guy. I like to do things and get things done. And so as I began to kind of delve into this, that in friendship with God, 
there is some things that God wants us to do, but I want to focus in on some of the heart things, what it is to be God's friend today. And um, so to get started, um, you know, this new series is called The Journey. And what we're trying to identify here is that all of us have this story of life. Everybody you meet has a story about their lives. And God invites us to, that in our story, he invites us into a journey with him. It's very much like a highway running through the countryside where there's all these different on-ramps, all these different life experiences that bring us onto the highway of God. If we sat around and had coffee, each one of us would have a different story of how God has brought us to that highway, that journey with him. And as we're looking at that, how do we get to the, to the highway? What do we have to do to get there? Well, the good news is that Jesus has done it for us. Looking at Romans 5, verse 1, one of my favorite places to go uh, is that, that we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And now Jesus Christ is the one that's building these bridges, these ways to get onto the journey with God. And I want to speak that word of peace to you. You're going to hear it again and again and again this year that God is saying peace to you, that he has brought peace to our lives. And someone like myself, um, I've been described as turbulent in my life. That sounds exciting, doesn't it? That I create kind of a wind and a turbulence. And that was kind of the story of what was going on with me for I mean, many, many years of my life, my parents are here today, they could tell you that there was a lot of turbulence in my heart as I began to say, what am I on the earth for? And Romans 5.1 became very, very near and dear to me because in it God was saying that Christ has made a way that he has now brought peace and that turbulence could subside. I didn't have to make something happen. And it's been a lifelong study. It's been a long time. I've been a pretty passionate, pretty devoted pursuer, follower of Jesus Christ for about 20 some odd years. I've been, I've been going for it. I've had ups. I've had downs. There have been seasons where he's seen farther away. But I've really been trying to follow him. And what I find is that the longer I go on this deal, the more that I can rest in him. Because that turbulence is beginning to subside a little bit more each day as I come with him. And that's what this series on the journey is supposed to be about. That God has provided a way for us to get on the journey with him through Jesus. And that has brought peace to us. And we can rest in that. Okay? Today I'm going to kick it off with talking about God as a friend, that we now have friendship with him. <clears throat> and, you know, it's funny to me that I would share on something like this. Because um, up until a few years ago, I would not say that I had a real strong uh, word about the friendship of God. In fact, in 2000 and... Uh, I think it was, 2007, we were on a leader's retreat and I had this really clear picture. God speaks to me in pictures 
Um, if he uses words, you know, I don't always get that stuff. But I got a picture. And what it was was me standing on uh, like a, t- a castle uh, wall. And I was dressed in armor. Sounds pretty cool, right? And I knew that I was captain of the guard. And I was pleased in that knowledge. I was, I was very excited about that. But that started a picture of five years of God speaking to me through this picture. And what I began to understand was that I would stand on the, I would stand on the wall. I would be summoned to God whenever he called. I was ready. And I would go and do exploits for him. I would serve his purpose. But what I began to notice in this picture over time was that there was this inner temple, this inner court where the king sat. And there were people that were dressed differently. They, had, they didn't have armor. They didn't have any defensive costume around them. They just wore clothes. And they had access to go in and out of the court. They could sit on the king's lap. And what I realized is they were the friends of God. Except I saw myself outside of that. I was a part of the servant corps. I served the king, but I was not a friend. I was not one of the sons and daughters of God. And I realized that this thing that I'd taken such delight in, this thing that I was so excited to be, was so far less than what God had wanted. And I began to say, Lord, what do I do? I I thought that's what I was on the earth for. And he began a process of stripping things away. Until about three years ago, I remember praying one morning. And I just had that picture again in my head. But this time I saw the armor fall off. And I was dressed like one of the friends of God. And all of a sudden, I could have access. Nothing had changed with the king. He didn't move his throne. He wasn't doing anything new. The thing that had changed was me. I began to see myself in a different light, in a different way. When I began to ask the Lord, what would I share today? I said, is there any revelation that you have given me? And that's a difficult word sometimes for us. It's hard for me for a lot of years to even use that word. There's been some strange revelations. Some religions have grown up around it, some cults. And I want to encourage you today that I don't want to start a cult or do anything weird. My heart and my revelation is in the word of God. It is our foundation. Uh, Jesus Christ is our foundation, but he is the word, so... And so, as I began to ask the Lord, what revelation do I have in this? Um, I remembered Abraham. Actually, I remembered Abram, before he became Abraham. It's the beginning of a new year. It's kind of a a good time to remember this verse in Genesis 12. I think it's 12.1. Yeah, he says, go to a land, leave everything you've known, and go to a land that I will show you. And and I want to I just kind of park that in your heart, that verse. 
Because God is saying that to each one of us. We may not be Abraham. He may not be creating a people of God within us, okay? I'm not saying that we're all, you know, I know I'm not. Praise God. Some of you guys have a lot of kids. I don't know. So, but Romans 12.1, I mean, Genesis 12.1, he's speaking to all of us today at the beginning of a new year. Go to the land that I will show you. And I want, to, I want to park that for a second and come back to it. That's where I started when I was talking to the Lord. <clears throat> but the revelation piece was in Romans, or not Romans, Genesis 18.17. Genesis 18.17. Do you have that, Micah? 18.17, Genesis. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? You can read the rest of the story, but the principle here is that in their relationship, God realizes that, you know, he's going to fix and go down and do some stuff. Is he going to keep that from his friend? Is he going to keep that from Abraham? Over in James 2.23, it says that Abraham believed God. It was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. All through Abraham's story, um, he really messes up a lot of stuff, but the one thing that he does do is believe God. He believes that what God says is true. It will happen. He tries all kinds of crazy stuff because he's a guy, okay? But... He believes God to the end. And that was credited to him as his righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. That gives me such hope. Because I mess up all kinds of stuff in life, you know. I just get it wrong sometimes. I say the wrong word. I, I, I'm really trying. I tell Christy, she's my wife, and I tell her, I was like, I really try to say I try to put the words together right, you know, in the right order, but they come out wrong, and that doesn't always work well. We're kind of messed up in that. But as I sat and pondered today, that's what the Lord began to stir in my heart. And my, my modus operandi has been to be to get something started, to get things going, to jump into stuff, to activate. And that's kind of how I've approached most of my relationship with God. What do you want me to do now? What do I do? Do I fast? Let's learn fasting. Let's fast. You know, let's do this. Um, Prayer, worship, you know, I mean, good night. One of my earliest, like, breakthrough, you know, I was not a big worship guy, you know, that was kind of strange to me, and I felt like the Lord said, you need to pirouette across the front one Sunday. Thankfully, it wasn't in this church, right? Thankfully. And I'm like, oh, I just want to be faithful and obedient, and that's so crazy, but I'll do it. And so I pirouetted, it was very ugly, and I pirouetted back. To this day, that's, that worship leader remembers me. Yeah, you're the guy that did that thing. Like, I was like, 18 years ago, you know. The Lord is maturing my passion, praise God. 
but you know it, it, it's this journey of of oh I just so desperately want to be the person that you want me to be I so desperately want to do it right I so desperately want to fulfill the call of God in my life and I know that rings true for some of you guys for some of you guys it may be a little bit of a jolt like does God have a purpose for me and I want to say yes he does Ephesians 2.10 says that he has works for us to do works for us to do but I'm not going to push that point a whole lot today Because what I've found is that in friendship, there is rest. In friendship, there is peace. Um, And as I talk about this revelation, I I felt encouraged to, to, to let you in on something that God is doing. He is revealing himself to each one of us all the time. He is revealing things to all of us. And what I put in the notes is revelation is an invitation not just an event. It's very much like our salvation story. There's a time when we knelt our knees and prayed to God and He came to us and enlivened our, our soul. That was an event. But there's this ongoing story of event after event after event. And Revelation is like that. If He is revealing Himself to you in a certain way, it's like a door being opened and he's asking you to come in. To me, it has been his friendship idea. And we don't always get what's going on here, but in Proverbs uh, 25.2, it says that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, and to search out a matter is the glory of kings. And God is setting up a kingdom with his king, the Son. And he's using each one of you. What does this mean? We don't understand how a kingdom gets set up because we live in a democracy. It is a foreign concept to us. But back in the days of old, a king would establish his kingdom by finding men and women of various talents and skills and passions and promoting them and setting them in place and giving them charge over different things and saying, would you search this out for me? Would you develop this thing for us? What am I talking about? How about an alchemist? Do you think the king was back in the the back room mixing stuff up, figuring out gunpowder? No, he found someone with a passion with an ability, with a talent, with a skill, and he put them in place. He surrounded them with workers and helpers. He gave them the tools and the resources needed and said, go for it. How do you think they've developed different battlements, different ways of of doing warfare? They had men and engineers that searched out the truth. How do you think they developed uh, democracy? They developed these these high ideals of of how to have commerce and economy and business. The king is setting up his kingdom. And he's putting men and women in place and saying, go, find that out, search it out, build that for us. 
And that is what a revelation is. It's an invitation to come in, set it up, find it out. As I talked about in Genesis, God went to Abram. It was before his name got changed, but he went to him. Because the father is always initiating the relationship. He, uh, he's initiating the journey through relationship. That goes in your notes. He is coming to you. He is coming to you. Chad Reisner doesn't have to work it up. I don't have to do it right. Jesus has come to us. That's what Christmas was all about. Jesus has come. Praise God. And in His coming, He is revealing that the Father's heart for you is good. The Father's heart for you is for more than you can imagine. He is initiating with you. And this morning He's saying, go to a land that I will show you. Have no fear. I am with you. I will never, ever leave you. All I'm doing is quoting the Bible. It is good to know your Bible. Because when you are searching, when you are lost, when you are asking God for what is it that you are doing in my life, it doesn't make any sense to me. It is awesome when God brings a verse to your mind. For me, it was with God withhold from Abraham what he is doing. See, I was searching for God. I was like, God, my life doesn't make sense to me. What do I need to do? Show me the steps. I'll take them. I'll do it. And his interest was more in my heart than what I would do for him. That's the story of the captain of the guard to the friend of God. I thought it was all in the exploit. But really, he just wants us to be with him. See, if you remember back in Genesis, in the early pages of the Bible, he made a place. He created an environment and he put an animal that was very special to him. It was someone that was made in his own image. And what did they do? Did they have to toil and sweat and come up with all these you know, build a a, a temple so that God would come and that's where they would meet with him? No. It says that they walked with God through the garden, that he would come to them in the cool of the evening. He would come to them. Do you see that? And that's what today uh, I want to encourage you with, that God is coming to us. And in that coming, he is he is showing his heart, his, his relational heart to us. And you go, well, what about Jesus? How does he fit in all this thing? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because as Jamie has encouraged us over and over and over, that, that Jesus just reveals the Father to us. That, that Jesus is a picture of what God is really, really like. And if you look over in uh, John 15, 15. Let 
Jesus is meeting with his disciples. He's pulled them together. They're in the upper room. They're talking about important things because it's, the, it's his last meal. It's the last time he's going to be with them. And he's talked through a whole lot of stuff. This is all the vine. If you're the, remain in the vine language. But in John 15, 15, he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus is, reveal, is revealing the Father's heart. His heart purpose is what I put in the notes. What do I mean by that? We are a people at Christ Fellowship that's a part of a larger movement, the Antioch movement of churches. Um, and our motto is a passion for Jesus and his purposes in the earth. And I do want to tell you that God has purpose, that God has a mission, that he is about building a church. He is about bringing up a people that will glorify his name, that his bride will be spotless, that his bride will be beautiful, and that he will call men to himself through her. That's what God is all about. But I believe he has a heart purpose. He has a, a depth of purpose that's more than just what we see on the outside of God building his church. I believe he has a heart purpose to, to give us this idea of love. He wants us to understand love. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Love. This intertwined kind of life, this way of living that has so much complexity to it, we can't describe it. As I tried to come up with English words to tell you guys what I was seeing about being a friend of God, I was blown away. I was like, how do I describe what I was feeling when I began to ask Christy to marry me? How do you describe that? How do I describe the feeling when my babies were born and they cried for the first time? How do I put that into words? I'm trying. God has such a heart for us and we miss it most days. As I was sitting in worship today, I was just blown away at the presence of God moving throughout this place that he's just saying, I love them. I love them. I am here. Most of the time, we're distracted and busy with other things. I mean, it's human nature, right? We give ourselves a pass and grace. But what if we could learn to walk in such a way that God was with us, that we walked with him as a friend, not as someone to do all the right things for, but someone who accepted us just for who we are. And we walked with him. You might want to have his hand and hold it. My girls love to hold hands. It's a new phenomenon in my life. Me and Austin kind of do the big punch. We're good. Not much hand holding going on. But God will come to you 
as you need him. You can crawl up in his lap if you'd like. You can chest bump him if you want. You can give him high fives. He's holding signs up that say, way to go. Good job. He's not hands on his hip looking down at you. He's not. Because he is fulfilled in Christ Jesus. He has peace with us because of Christ Jesus. He did it all. We get the benefits. Isn't that awesome? Why do you think they call it good news? It is awesome. It's just like Christmas. You open those gifts and you don't do anything for them. You just look at it and you go, wow, you thought of me. That's awesome. I didn't ever know I wanted a coffee mug that like did that, but that is so cool. Who knew? Whatever. Love. Love, it is, the, it is the, the undercurrent of the Bible. And he says that if we will remain in his love, if we will remain with him, we will remain in his love, that, that we will have the greatest happiness, the greatest joy in life can come from his love. By receiving it and walking in it. It says that when we're with him, we can do anything, and apart from him, we can't do much of anything. At least anything that counts, right? It's a good way to be. I'm going to kind of land this plane, bring it home. Remember earlier I said I wanted to park something, Genesis 12:1. God said to Abram, go to a land that I will show you. Leave everything behind. And there's times in our life when God comes to us and he says that to us. For me, it practically has has meant a couple of times I've had to leave everything. Everything behind. All my hopes. All my friends. Everything that I had hoped in. You know, God speaks passionately to passionate people. That's what a friend of mine says. He, He speaks dramatically to dramatic people, right? And, and those were dramatic times for me. As I have gotten older, the course of the journey doesn't have as many hard angles because I'm not as hard-headed, hopefully. It's more of a meandering kind of way. As I walk with God as his friend, he can nudge me and say, hey, a little more to the left. Hey, a little more to the right. Practically, it looks like, hey, a little nicer when you say that. Hey, you need to apologize for that one. Hey, you need to be thinking about this now because it's coming in a couple years. He's getting older. She's growing up. The church is growing in this way. This is going on. It's whatever thing that God has given you sphere of influence responsibility to oversee and to do. He will be speaking. He will be revealing himself. He will be inviting you into that. And at the beginning of the year, I want to encourage you to set goals. Find some resolutions if that's your heart thing. That's cool. 
But I do want to say that God is a, he has a land that he wants to show you. He wants your life to count, make purpose. He, he has purpose. He wants it to, to be the, the best life you can imagine. And he's calling us to see that. But he does it through the relationship of friends. There's more to the story. There's more to the story. God has built it so that you can find gems and gold that no one else can mine. You can pull it out. I didn't get to talk about listening to God or hearing his voice, but I've mentioned it a whole bunch. I didn't get to talk about all the radical ways God has had to teach me about prayer. But it's a huge element in this whole story. I didn't get to go through studying God's word, committing it to memory, getting it into the depths of my heart and being. But it's a big big piece of the, of the whole thing. There is so much more to the story. And so we have many more Sundays to go, you have every single morning to get up and meet with a friend. Every single day to get to walk hand in hand, if you like, shoulder to shoulder, with a friend known as God. He's revealed himself in Jesus, and it is awesome. If you would, go ahead and stand up with me. We'll have the worship band come up here.